come on guys very interesting interview we have today on uh, i'm very excited to have this guest and the big pleasure talking with him again i will just introduce you a little bit to this man if you're not familiar with him yet he focuses on buying broken apartment building businesses that's very interesting maybe we can talk about that a little bit more and using innovative thinking and solid execution strategies to optimize optimize the operational efficiency of the business currently mr mayers is asset manager for approximately 90 units and 90,000 square feet of workforce housing across virginia and north carolina and on a mission to hold thousand doors by the end of 2028 uh, when he's not actively working on his personal portfolio, he coaches other real estate investors on the mayor's methods of multifamily investing. So we'll go and look for that. Uh, outside of real estate, Jerome hosts a Dreamcatchers podcast. I need to go and subscribe, man. Uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not a subscriber yet, but we'll be after this episode for sure. Uh, go and check this out as well. Volunteers of it on STEM which is science, technology, engineering, and math, boards on uh, enjoys traveling internationally. So go and check it out, mayorsmethods.com. That's mayorsmethods.com. Sorry about my broken English. Everything is gonna be included in the link down below. You can go and find all the links and just contact with this man. Uh, just super grateful to have you today. And uh, I know we're gonna be covering some great topics. So thanks and welcome to the show accomplished you know great stuff in real estate space and you're planning to even accomplish more with thousand units by 2028 which is not that far but for the people who are seeing you first time again and uh, would love to get to know you a little bit more maybe you can share your story because I love the stories as well like how did you ended up being in real estate space like where did you start it what did you do and like what happened in general yeah, so I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom. Believe it or not, I'm a corporate dropout, right? But people yeah. brag about being college dropouts, so I'm a corporate dropout. Uh, my last role was building a $20 million business for a construction company. I was employee number two, and over the course of about six or seven months, we went from two employees to 175. Uh, at the end of that year, we built our client about $20 million, and we had about a 30% profit margin. It's like, man, this is awesome. Uh, but that was short lived. Uh, on Christmas Eve, I remember arguing with my supervisor and him telling me, hey, you need to lay people off. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you, wh why would we do that? We just made all this money. He said, well, we've got some other decisions to make. We got to make some different choices. And this is the way that we're going to do it. And so I got the grand opportunity of deciding who stayed and who went. And that wasn't exciting to me. I realized yeah. at that moment that I wasn't corporate America. And so uh, I said, I'll never do it again. February, we put all the pieces back together, lean and mean and try to corral the troops and get them going again. And Thanksgiving came around and we had to do the same thing. And I said, wow. I'm, I'm done. That is insane. What's going on with the corporate America? I mean, it's, it's insane. No wonder people are, you know, looking just to finish the w2 and the employments and everybody's dreaming about the freedom that they deserve like no wonder if these things are happening on a day daily basis which i'm sure they are and uh you know good story that you ended up you know dropping out and uh you know you you just became this guy who's just 
reaching for your potential, I guess, and, and like seeing what you can accomplish. Again, coming back to this 1,000 units, it, it's a pretty, like it's a solid, definitely goal. And uh, it, it takes a lot of like hard work, right? So maybe for the people who are, again, uh, would love to get involved into real estate, you know, it's kind of a fancy thing right now, right? Everybody wants to be in real estate. Cash flow is king, people are saying, or whatever, you know, quotes floating around. Maybe you would have a few, you know, advices like for, let's say myself, which I'm very green in the space. Uh, how do you get involved? Like what are the first baby steps into this business? Yeah, I think the biggest and most important thing is knowledge, right? I think there's four things that keep people out of multifamily. Knowledge, deal flow, experience, and capital. And I think you bridge the gap in that order. A lot of people say, I don't have any money, so I can't do any investing. That's not mm -hmm. true. If you don't have money to get education, then you have an issue. But you need to get education. From education, you can decipher whether or not you have a lead or a deal. And then when you can decide between the lead and the deal, you can go get the appropriate experience to get qualified to get the financing. And then the financing always follows the experience, right? So, yeah. um, you know, people who have money and don't have time to invest in real estate are looking for experienced operators mm -hmm. who know what they're doing to put their money with. For the people that are experienced operators, maybe they don't have a ton of time. So they're looking for people that have knowledge but don't and have deals that they can apply that knowledge to, but need somebody to help them with the actual execution of the business plan. And so everybody kind of converges into this space. But I think too often many people think, hey, I don't have enough money to go do a down payment. So I can't get into multifamily. No, you need to educate yourself and find deals. And then the other stuff will come together for you if you do that the education the education part it, it sounds it sounds like you know it, it's it's an easy part right educating yourself like what well, what is what is the what is the best places that somebody can do that like you're talking books events seminars mentorships or all of those like what, what is the like first thing that should go yeah so i'll tell you what not to do and what i did was listen to 40 hours of podcasts and youtube <laughs> every week trying to make sure that i understood what i was doing and when i got away what you're just saying is just skip it, like skip, skip this podcast episode, right? Well, no, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying I is when starting out, you're going to have multiple podcasts saying yeah. the opposite thing, right? And so the real value is in having a foundation. And so I encourage people, regardless of who their educator is, is they get a foundation. Um, we yeah. got into this business because we want to bring other people into the space. And so... We have a 11 week course where people can go through got homework and the whole nine. I mean, it is true, legit education with the goal of, you know, creating people or helping people get to the space where they're able to be either deal leads or key principals. And they know how to evaluate deals. They understand how the business is supposed to work, how to structure an entity. And we're going counterculture. There's a whole lot of people talking about syndications and how great syndications are. And I just think it's a joke. I think somebody that oh. has multifamily experience you is going to and please be dick, right? And like you've never caught a tuna or a swordfish and you're gonna go out and get a $10 million deal and kill Moby Dick. That's just not real to me. I think yeah. you go do a deal that's 750 to 1.5 million 
with your friends and family, have some success there, go do another deal. And then you work your way up, you get a bigger boat, you get more equipment, you get a bigger team to go do these deals. You know, there's a lot of things out there. You can pay for their mentorship. You can spend 20, 30, 40, $50,000 on one of those opportunities. And the pitch is, Hey, if you do this, then you'll get your, uh, you'll get all the money back on your first syndication. But if you go out and you look at the people that have actually been through the programs and who actually gets their first syndication and it looks something like that, what I've found more often than not is not many people have that level of success. And so what I'm encouraging people to do is, Hey, if there's one 200 unit building in your community, there's probably 120 unit buildings in your community. So go buy one of those and do that in a joint venture with your friends and family, have an experienced operator who does JVs get involved in that deal and make sure you're, you're not hitting yourself in the face when you get into it and have that success. Then go buy a 40 unit or go buy mm -hmm. a 30 unit or go buy a 10 unit, but go do some multiple transactions and then go do a syndication if that's what you aspire to. I think that is what actually gets people to that place of success. Not this dream, this hope that, hey, you can go buy a $10 million deal with no money of your own, with no experience and all this other stuff that people are laying out just to take other people's money from my perspective. Yeah, man, you just nailed it. You definitely. I, I don't know what's going on with this space currently because, again, I'm not active in, in the space. But I love having people just like yourself. I just finished off another interview with you guys. You know what I'm talking about prior to that. So, you know, it's it becomes a problem. Like, it seems like it's a problem. There's It seems like there's just overcrowded right now. And everybody's kind of, you know, going and grabbing the deals just for the fees and stuff, you know. And it just, it, it's nasty. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know. I'm looking from a, like, passive investor perspective. And I always hear those, like, be careful, be careful, you know, so I don't know, it's interesting, you know, you, you, people need to do due diligence, but I love what you just said, just taking the steps uh, of educating yourself, you know, and just taking the steps towards not going getting the 200 unit deal and going and getting the 20, 20 unit deal, which it's easier to take, you know, there's not all these brand new people, you know, bidding for that and who are willing to overpay, by the way, so, you know, it makes total sense. So thank you, big thank you for that. So again, uh, coming back to your journey, I would love to hear a little bit more on uh, like, how did you discover the real estate investing? Like what, like what bug did bite you to make sure that you like, man, I want to get involved in this. Cause you, you know, you quit the, you, you, you dropped from the, you know, from, from the corporate world. So what happened after in that transition? So when I was, after I decided that I was going to leave, I went back and started thinking about what was I really passionate about. I went through engineering and project management and all this other stuff. And I was thought back to college and what I really want to do when I got out of college. And I thought back to when I was sitting on a stoop with my friend Duran and we were adding up how much rent the guy that owned our complex was making. And when we did the math, it was about $700,000 a year. Wow. We've never seen yeah. him. We've never talked to him or anything about this guy. He's got third-party property management in place. Like, this is the ticket. He's got his decouple from his time. Like, this is the way we want to do it. Problem was, I didn't have any doctors, attorneys, or high net worth individuals come to my house as a kid, right? So that just wasn't my network. I went to a state school, 
and we didn't know how to get into the space. And so I started educating myself and that's how I got back to the 40 hours of content and trying to mm -hmm. learn all I could for free, right? Because I didn't think it made sense to go do all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I can just do this. Listen to podcasts while I'm driving, listen to books while I'm driving, uh, watch YouTube videos at night instead of watching TV. It's like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And then when I went and tried to go into the bank, it was like, oh, well, you don't have any experience. What do you mean? I have an MBA. I'm a licensed engineer. I got a contractor's license. I got all this stuff. Like, yeah, but you've never done a deal. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if you go back to those four things that I say, get people or keep people from getting into multifamily. Right. I had the knowledge or at least some of the knowledge. I didn't know the difference between a deal and a lead because I hadn't spent enough time analyzing deals. But I was getting close to that and I was presenting the stuff that I thought was deals to the bank. That last piece was the experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the experience. I did have credit. I did have cash. So I, I could do a deal, but because I didn't have the experience as an operator, the banks weren't willing to support me in that endeavor. And so I had to go out and find somebody who had that experience. And as I went and looked, I couldn't find anybody, right? Because I didn't know anybody and I hadn't been networking, hadn't been to any of the different um, conferences or courses or any of that stuff. And so that's a great way to meet other people that have experience. The one thing I will say about those events, though, is more often than not, the majority of people there are people who don't have any experience either. And so yeah. you end up in a lot of times with people who aren't actually doing the business. And so, you know, what we've set out to do with Myers Methods, we've got a closed Facebook group and we've collected people that have experience and they're in there, people who want to do deals, they're in there. And then we're also having a conference March 20th through the 22nd where we can mix and mingle and, and get folks into the same room so that we can actually help people do that. I don't want people to have the same experience that Ron and I had, right? Where we didn't know anybody, so we couldn't get into the space. Um, now, long that's a long story to get to the point. I was sitting on the flip house of, or on the porch of one of my flip houses because instead of going straight into multifamily, I had to go fix and flip homes until I could get into the space. And a guy came up and he was like, hey, you know, there's an opportunity to buy an apartment. I was like, I tried to buy that apartment uh, three or four or five months ago and they wouldn't lend to me, but this guy had already done a deal. So he had the experience necessary to get into the space. And so mm -hmm. we went in AV together. And then after I signed that loan, cause that's truly when you have experience, when you signed the loan, yeah. I was able to go do my own thing. And so I took my talents down to South Beach and not quite South Beach. I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. That is a great story. But I think what people would like to know, why did you sit down and start calculating what your landlord was making? You can get two engineering students who want to figure <laughs> out healthy. Um, sense, yeah. you, you just start counting and it's like, all right, you know, we got to write this rent check every month. And it was $400 a bedroom. So the units were making $1,200 a month. And you start doing the math, it added up really quick. And like, there's something here. That is awesome. So what, what about what about the real estate? I mean, like, like which part is is just makes you like keep going, you know, and building this business and just having bigger goals in front of you and doing all these events. Like, is it is it the business side? Is it 
you know, the financial freedom? Like, is it helping people? Like, what, what is the driving force for you in the business? Positive impact in the community. Like, making the money is great and all, but there's a cognitive dissonance a lot of times between the owners and the people who actually rent. And we want to close that gap. Um, wow, okay. On a lot of due diligence endeavors where I've seen stuff where the owner wasn't doing their part, right? As an owner, you're responsible for the kind of the global environment for those folks that live there. And yeah, they're responsible for paying their rent. Yeah, they're responsible for uh, making sure that the, the units are taken care of. But, you know, extermination, uh, painting, like all of these things are stuff that the owner is responsible for. So we want to be great corporate citizens. Got it, got it, got it. So which ways like do you improve the property when you go in the, in, in the communities and, and you acquire these deals currently having 90 units? Uh, so like which ways would you recommend? Because again, we, we discovered now because the education part has to be there, partnerships. If you're going in, into the property and if you're looking to get, let's say a fourplex, that's a small enough deal for somebody to take on, right? Like what you will be looking for to, to like, to increase the NOI, to increase the property value, like what tips will, would you give for people? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is if it's something that needs a renovation, that's the opportunity to bump your rents, assuming that you have a comp in the area that shows that you can charge more for the property if it's updated. Uh, there's a lot of people who think, hey, I'll just go in and renovate it. But if a renovated unit doesn't rent for more than an unrenovated unit, there's not a whole lot of reason or justification in order to renovate. I think the other thing is if you're paying the utilities and it's not common for utilities to be paid for the units, then you should stop. You should let the residents pay their own utilities. I think those are two of the biggest things. I mean, there's a ton of um, different strategies you can use. The big thing is just being able to go in, evaluate the profit and loss statement, identify the issues with the property's operations, and then creating a plan to specifically fix those. Because I think a lot of people just go in and they have this car plan. Oh yeah, we're going to renovate units. We're going to bump rents by $150. And when we do that, we're going to force appreciation and everything's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Like you've got to do the due diligence in order to make sure that you can execute against the business plan. And you mentioned earlier, Hey, he buys broken apartment building businesses. What does that really mean? Yeah. Not just a piece of real estate. Like you're buying a business. And so while I was in corporate America, still in my engineering role, I talked to an attorney. I was like, Hey, I want to go be a mergers and acquisitions guy. I want to be an M and a guy. And so that's what I do today. I go buy broken businesses. I fix them. It just so happens that they have real estate attached to them, mm -hmm. which allows me to get debt from the bank at really, really cheap rates. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. I'm an M&A guy. I go find broken businesses. I turn them around. And then I do one or two things. I refi, get all the money back out, or I sell it to the market for a profit. Got it. Got it. So yeah, answer my question right here. Because remember, I asked you, like, what do you like about the business? Is it the... So you kind of said this is the business side that you love running, you know, like fixing them up and bringing them back to life. So would you recommend, you know, like for people again, because we're talking in this moment where there's a lot of uncertainty, like what's going on with the stock market and, and such, because, you know, I, I would love for you to elaborate on, you know, investing into the smaller deals 
because you, you know like it, like what happened 2007 eight a lot of those small deals they like they didn't survive the the downturn so what do you think because you know you're saying like investing in 200 units like if you have no experience and you go and like raise capital and you do that like what you know you over promise and you under deliver it's not a good thing but should somebody go and pursue investing four units like 10 units 16 units if if those deals went went underwater like in a previous uh, recession well i mean the last recession was a real estate recession but if you look at multifamily properties and the default rates associated with multifamily properties they're going to be much 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 less than what you would see for a single family home and so at the end of the day, people are going to need a place to live. Are you going to be able to increase rent as much as you would have? Probably not. Is it going to go into default? Probably not, right? If you think about a single family home, your occupancy is 100 or zero. If you think about a multifamily, and we'll use a quad because I'm not great at math, you can have 0%, 25%, 50%, 75%, or 100%. If you've bought the property right, after about 75%, you can make it month to month, service your debt, even though you might not have a profit. And that keeps you from losing the property during a mm -hmm. tough time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. So that's going to answer my question right here. So what do you think, again, for the people who are brand new? And you mentioned a couple of things. I go to these events. There's those people that, like, they don't know what they do and you know, like I hear time and time again, people mentioning that. And I think it's because there's just a lot of people getting involved into the business. I mean, there's fees and, you know, people are looking to help people. Well, it's, at least that's what, you know, everybody say, which, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Like it's definitely good business to be in. But again, you just have to be careful, cautious, like about what deals are you buying currently. But is there, you know, a ways to mitigate the risks when in like getting involved, let's say in multifamily syndication business, one of those things, you know, like mentorships. So would you recommend for somebody who's looking still to get involved to go and get the mentor uh, from the start? Yeah, I mean, it's the fastest way to reduce the curve. Now you, you gotta be pretty particular about who you learn from and understand what their motives are for teaching. But yeah, absolutely. It's the fastest way to get through the process. Even if it's cost six figures. Well, I wouldn't do that. I, I don't think you need to do that for your initial deals. Like, you know, we we have opportunities that are much, much cheaper than that. It's probably a fraction of the cost of what other people do. Not because we feel like we're offering an inferior product, but because I don't think you have to buy a used BMW or Mercedes in order to figure out whether or not this space is for you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Make, makes sense. So so we have some, uh, some courses as well available, mentorship courses. Yeah, I mean, we've got a 11 week multifamily investing course that people can get invited to. Um, we don't just offer it to everybody. It's not like there's a website or a link you can go to to go read about it. Like I do one on one interviews with people and I decide, hey, we want to share this with this person or not. And that's how people get invited. We're, we're really guarded about what we're putting out in the space because we think it's really powerful and we want to make sure that the people that we train have the right heart, right? We, mm. If you just want to make money, we don't want to really, really be affiliated with you. We want people who are interested in building the community and making money. It's called, we call it doing good while doing well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Having a higher purpose instead of, you know, just, you know, chasing the, chasing the money. So again, guys, this is official. 
you see he, he mentioned he has this available. So go and contact Jerome in, in the links down below and make sure that you ask for, for the mentorship program. So, you know, besides that, let's say, you know, six figure mentorships and, you know, like all these, you know, gurus and the real people. I mean, there's a lot of great people in the space, but let's say somebody who's watching this and thinking like, man, I don't have this amount of money to go and, and get me a mentor. Maybe Jerome could recommend, let's say three business, real estate, personal development books that I can go and, and buy for a few bucks, you know, in, in, in a bookstore. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I would do podcasts before I did books, right? But if I had to pick books, it would be Your Dream Should Be Real, which is something that our group put out. Um, and you can buy that either ebook or on Amazon somewhere. Um, Millionaire Mindset by Dean Graziosi, just to help you get in those right habits. Yeah. And I think the one that I, I really like most recently is The Surrender Experiment. And it talks about how like you don't have to fight, but just kind of give in to the will of the things that are supposedly happening for you. And once you get that mindset, all of the other stuff takes care of itself, right? I mean, you don't need to do the math on these deals you learned in fourth grade, right? So it's not like it's super complicated. You need to understand some business and market forces and some other stuff like that. But, you know, the complexity of this is pretty simple. This yeah, is well, maybe for you, cause you're coming from a data, you know, you're a data guy, right? You like crunching numbers. So for you, it might, it might be easy. Maybe it's not for somebody. If, if it's that not your thing, you're like talking with people, so maybe go and do that thing. Because again, there's all these gaps that have to be filled in syndication business. And, you know, it's a team, it's a team, teamwork, like it's a team game. So definitely, you know, agree with that. So, okay. So again, marketing, you know, like, it, do you believe in that, like marketing yourself and the company and, you know, just because again, you're building business for a long game, right? You're talking, having goals for 2028. So that's, you know, long enough right now. And you probably, once you're going to reach that goal, you're going to have another ones. So in this digital age, do you believe that real estate businesses should be using, let's say social media or some type of softwares that will make, you know, day-to-day -day operations run more smoother? And maybe you have a few examples of these platforms or softwares that you use for your business? Yeah, I think the, if nobody knows about you, then they can't work with you, right? And that's whether you're selling them a place to live, whether you're marketing so that people come invest in your deal, you know, whatever your angle is. And I think one of the best platforms to meet people is LinkedIn, as far as marketing your product that you're selling being, you know, your property, I think Facebook Marketplace has been awesome for a lot of people. Zillow has been a great place for things to be promoted. But, you know, at the end of the day, those aren't the things that we really focus on. Our property manager, we use third-party property management for our stuff. And it's their responsibility to make sure this stuff is full and it's being marketed properly. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I guess those are the, the options that I can offer to your listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely agree with what you're saying. You know, like if nobody knows you, nobody's just going to do business with you because there is endless stories where people, you know, they're, let's say they're looking to invest. They said, yes, I'm committed. And they, they come back home and they do a little bit of due diligence. They couldn't find you on Facebook. Like maybe they find a Facebook, you know, page, but it's not active. You're not on LinkedIn. You're not on Instagram because it's a standard now in the marketplace. Would you agree? Like that you would have social media presence as a business owner and it doesn't matter if you're a real estate business owner you know you, you're in 
you're owning a restaurant, it, it doesn't matter. Like people need to see you and, and, you know, because they need to trust you. And in this business, trust is, is a big piece, uh, you know, if you want to do good, right? So, you know, like talking the goals, I love having people just like yourself, you know, where they share their stories and, you know, the goals that you're looking to accomplish. So again, 2028 kind of, you know, long, uh, long term. So maybe you can share a few goals that you're looking to accomplish uh, this year. I think the biggest one for me is getting our development project uh, shovel ready. Um, we're building 116 units here in Greensboro later this year and just got to go through the plans of the architectural design and uh, selecting a general contractor so we can break ground on that thing. And so that's my big goal for 2020. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. So again, for the people out there, you know, looking to get in contact with you, you know, what will be those best places if they have a few questions about real estate investing actively or passively? I think, you know, if you want to connect with me one-on-one, -on -one, LinkedIn is a place to go. It's Jerome Myers, J-E-R-O-M-E-M-Y-E-R-S. I'm the only one in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you want to get some more free investing education, hop over to MyersMethods.com uh, and grab our free guide. It's got four points. We dive into how you can get into multifamily, why we prefer joint ventures over syndications. And we really just want to give you guys as much value as possible. You'll get an opportunity to join our uh, closed Facebook group at that same site. So, you know, hop over to MyersMethods.com to get more information and education from us. Awesome, awesome. And don't forget to go and check it out the dream catchers podcast as well uh, i'm sure it's, it's going to be a great platform to to for more free real estate resources and go and check it out myersmethods.com as as jerome mentioned so you know it's it's been a pleasure to definitely have you on like i i know again super busy man right here sitting in front of us and you know if you're looking to get in contact go and reach out to him if you're looking to invest again do exactly the same and, uh, you know, guys, if you enjoy the show, you know what to do. Click like, subscribe to the channel. And as always, I'm going to see you on the next episode. Thanks.